We're living in a period of time when couples and families are spending more and more time with one another than maybe ever before. As a result, the statistics are telling us that more domestic violence is happening. The divorce lawyers are getting more calls and people are having a hard time coping with one another. Hi, I'm Mark. Welcome to Words of Truth. I want to encourage you today that a lot of times the issues that we're dealing with are due to poor communication. You see, we just don't know how to disagree lovingly or how to work our way through a disagreement without yelling and screaming and even worse in some cases. My wife and I, we're reading a book entitled Created for Connection by Dr. Sue Johnson and Kenneth Sanderfer. It's an excellent book. I highly recommend it. But in the book, they talk about how we get into what they call demon dialogues. And they describe these dialogues as, number one, find the bad guy. Number two, the protest polka. Number three, freeze and flee. Those are all sort of uh, steps that we take downwards. And the book goes on to say that couples who get stuck in this pattern in the first few years of marriage have more than an 80% chance of divorcing within four or five years. Can you imagine? And so you can see how important it is to figure out how to communicate. Now, I'm not going to get into the lessons from the book. You really should buy it. But what we say and how we listen to one another is important for our relational health, and it's important to God. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21, God warns us that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. And then in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36, Jesus said, I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an account for it in the day of judgment. So that tells us how important our communication is. So I think we better figure it out, don't you? In the epistle of James, the apostle gives us some good advice about communication. Listen to what he said in chapter 1 and verse 19. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Most of the relationships that are wrecked by poor communication is because people have, frankly, violated these three keys. We tend to be slow to listen and quick to speak our minds, and the result is what? Hurt feelings, anger. So let me just take a few minutes to deal with two of these three points, swift to hear and slow to speak. Now, what happens when we're quick to speak instead of quick to hear? Well, Solomon had an answer to that question in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 13. He says, he who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. Wow. It's natural for us to think that we know what other people want or need before they finish asking, isn't it? And generally, 
We think what we have to say is what the other person should be interested in hearing. <laughs> Somebody once said that listening skills are rarely taught and generally neglected, and I think we can all agree with that. Oh, we spend years learning how to read and write, years learning how to speak, but whoever teaches us how to listen? Did you ever have a class in school that taught you how to really listen so that you can understand another person's frame of reference? As parents, we tell our children to be quiet and listen, right? But do we ever teach them what that really means? Probably not. We just assume that people are going to get that part, but we never do. As a result, we've got to learn to overcome this lack of training by what? Focusing on the other person and forcing ourselves to try to understand their point of view before sharing our own. Let, let me give you a little bit of an exercise that maybe you can try. It's based on the acronym LOVE, which is spelled L-U-V. Listen, understand, and validate. So this is how it works. Start by listening to your mate or to another person. I mean, really listen without any interruptions or even questions or by interjecting your own point of view. And then secondly, understand. In other words, try to repeat back to them what you think you understood they say. You see, sometimes what we think we understood they said and what they really said are two different things. And so you can say something like, so what you said is, and then paraphrase what you think they've said. And then they can say, no, no, I didn't really mean that. And they can clarify themselves. That gives that person you're talking to a chance to clarify it if they've been misunderstood. And then finally, validate what they've said. Don't criticize. Don't interpret what they've said or argue with their point of view. Just validate it. You can say, so I hear that you're saying that what I said to you yesterday really hurt you. Or I hear you saying that you're really, that you're really frustrated and even angry over the situation that you're dealing with. And by validating them, you show that you really care about their feelings and their point of view. And then it's your turn. This isn't a time to argue the points that you've just heard, but now it's time for you to share your own feelings or what motivated you to say what you said or to share how you felt to the moment when you lashed out with angry words. It's not a time to attack the other person, but to share your own side of the discussion and then the other person will listen and understand and validate what you've just said. Why don't you try that? Let me know how it works. Now, let's talk about what our mindset should be in order to really understand another person. Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2, Oh, fool, a fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. <laughs> wow. We're all taught how to express ourselves, aren't we? And most of us want to express ourselves. But when our desire for self-expression keeps us from really trying to understand somebody else, we're being foolish and selfish. 
It's the opposite of what the Apostle Paul encourages us towards in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, where he said, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. You see, when when we're all when when all we're interested in is getting our point of view across, we show that we have no humility and we're filled with selfishness and conceit. We think that we're more important than everybody else. We're only concerned about our own interests and we don't really care about the interests of others. Now, that's a pretty sad description of somebody, isn't it? Is that how we want to be seen by others? If this is how people act, no wonder they're fighting and splitting up. But you know what? We can change that. And I hope we all want to do better in this areas of our lives. I, I know I do. Let me close this little section by giving you a few practical tips for improving your listening. Number one, start by smiling and looking the person in the eye when, when they talk. It shows that you're paying attention. Don't look at your phone. Don't be fidgeting around. Give the person who's talking your full attention. And then at an appropriate time, you can ask questions to show that you're interested and try to clarify the things that you aren't sure of. And then look for some common ground. You don't always have to be standing on the opposite sides of the fence. And this, was, and this one is important. Don't focus on rehearsing in your mind what you're going to say next. Isn't that something that we often do? You know, the person is talking and we're, we're thinking about all the things that we want to say in response. Don't do that. It's disrespectful to the person talking. And finally, if the person talking expresses strong feelings, well, just try to acknowledge them without becoming offended or defensive or angry yourself. Okay, I hope that'll help. Now, let's talk for a minute about being slow to speak, as James says. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Maybe you remember that King David asked God to help him with his communication in Psalm 141, verse 3. He said, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And again, he said in Psalm 19, verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now, obviously, David didn't want his lips to be permanently sewn shut. But what he did want was his words to be pleasing to God. The fact is that we can't get through life without communicating. In fact, Proverbs 10:19 says that a multitude of words is what generally causes the problem. And so that means we need to be careful to think before we speak, right? And that when we speak, we need to choose our words carefully. Whatever we say should be edifying and intended to reflect the nature of Christ and to glorify God. Well, how do we do that? 
Well, let me let me give you some ideas. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, it says this, Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. What does that mean? Well, think about what you're going to say before saying it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Make sure that what you say isn't corrupting in any way, but that it's savory to those who hear. And that's why we're to be quick to listen and slow to speak. We need to take time to make sure we say the right thing instead of just letting words flow out of our mouths like vomit. Furthermore, the way we say what we say makes a difference. Maybe you've heard somebody say to you, it wasn't what you said, it was the tone that you said it in. You see, how we say something is as important as what we say. Proverbs chapter 15, verses 1 and 2 says that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. Or how about Proverbs chapter 11? I'm sorry, verse 20, chapter 25, verses 11 and 12, where it says, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. You see, we don't always have to raise our voice or yell to get our point across, but an answer given in a gentle way gets far more traction. And be respectful. Use I statements instead of accusing. Apologize when you need to. Be forgiving. Express appreciation and encouragement. You see, if we care about the people that we're around the most, including our spouse and kids, then we'll take the time to learn good communication skills. In fact, it might save your relationships from shipwreck. Thanks for joining me today. Take time to leave me a note and tell me what you think.